HD KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Hour number two, Miller and Condon. We are live at Principal Park on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We're down here uh, for the Life Serve Blood Drive that is underway. Still time to get down. If you uh, have an opportunity, if you're so inclined, if you'd like to donate blood, we'd love to see you down here as we are here until noon, and everybody that stops by and donates blood gets one of these terrific T-shirts. What color do you bleed? Adorned in black and gold and cardinal and gold. The KXNO logo uh, right in the middle of it as well. Uh, look, it's more than just a shirt and a hot dog and a bottle of water. It's a, it's a great opportunity uh, to give a, uh, a real needed commodity uh, all throughout the world, quite frankly, but certainly in our backyard as well being no different. So we're live at Principal Park until noon. The process takes about... Well, you were in the chair for how long? Ten minutes? Yeah, probably not even that. Not even that? It was maybe seven minutes that you're actually in the chair. After you get your initial paperwork filled out, everything, and you can do that online, you go inside, they ask you a few questions, check your blood pressure, do all that, prick your finger, make sure you're good there. And by the time that they put the needle in, get you going, you squeeze your hand a few times and you're done. I mean, it's just, it's an incredibly simple process. It's easy. Have some food, have some water, make sure you hydrate yourself, and you'll be good to go. And, uh... It's a great cause. It really no is. No doubt. And if you have some time, we'd love to see you down here. We are here until noon right outside the main gates at Principal Park. Well, let's get into Cyhawk and our final Cyhawk participant, a guy that played in this game. We've had four quarterbacks. We figured, well, we talked about this guy all week long. And indeed, <laughs> the 2007 game will always be known as the Brett Culberson, the Shaggy game. And Shaggy joins us. Brett, uh, along with Trent Condon, Ken Miller, good to catch up with you, Brett Culberson. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Good to hear from you. Doing well. Yeah, no, listen, it's good to hear from you as well. And glad you came on. So, you know, let's, uh, do, I guess, catch up. What are you doing now? What part of uh, Iowa are you living in? And uh, let's catch up and uh, tell the uh, the Cyclone fans out there what Brett Culberson's been doing for the last few years. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, still hanging out in Central Iowa. Uh, I grew up in Des Moines. Uh, my gra- wife grew up in Gilbert, Iowa. I met at Iowa State, and then uh, we decided to, to meet halfway, and we uh, made Huxley our home. Uh, three kids, and uh, we, we absolutely love it. Um, working for uh, Coles Kicking, uh, most people know. I uh, work for Coles Kicking, coaching, and uh, also play the role of digital media coordinator and marketing, and uh, travel quite a bit, um, coaching sits up, but uh, I absolutely love it, so... That's uh, good stuff. You know, Trent and I were reminiscing a little bit, Brett, about how you became the Iowa State kicker and would always be, the, you know, go down in history as the 2007, the guy who scored all the points for Iowa State in that football game. I remember you kicked at Lincoln, but help us out as far as how you became a member of the football team, because if memory serves, Brett, you didn't go to Iowa State, I don't think, with the, you know, with the intent of playing on uh on the team, help me out with that. Was it a kicking competition, or is my memory completely shot as far as that? Uh, well, so how it played out is uh, I really had no, not a not a huge intention of playing college football uh, at that level. Uh, my heart was kind of set on uh, heading out to film school um, to get some video production experience. Um, I was going to head out west, and then uh, 
about two weeks before classes started, uh, you know, I was talking to my dad, and uh, he said, you know, this opportunity is to play, you know, big-time football, you know, this is your only shot. Um, so if, uh, if it's something you want to do, you know, Iowa State's right up the road. You can go meet with the coaches, see what it's going to take. If you want to enroll there, um, try out. And if you make it, awesome. If you don't make it, awesome. Finish out your semester. Don't drop out. You have to finish out your semester, and then you can transfer out and do whatever you want. Um, and, uh, you know, one chance, uh, went up the road about 30 minutes to Iowa State, uh, enrolled in classes, and uh, tried out, the. Uh, I think, the second day of classes. Um, I really came in at the right time. I think Yoke, uh, Yoke was the number one, and he was injured. And then our number two was also injured. And so it was up to uh, about three different walk-ons to kind of uh, try to carry the torch and get the job done. Um, so that's kind of, in a nutshell, uh, yeah. how I came to be. And I think I ended up starting about the fourth or fifth game into the season. Uh, so it still took a couple games to... Uh, to kind of prove myself, Brett, you have the name the the game named after you, the 2007 game, the Shaggy game, where you scored all 15 points. But as you <laughs> lined up for that final field goal, I was looking at the box score uh, just the other day of that one. It seemed longer in my memory than it actually was. It was, for all intents and purposes, a chip shot. But you know, this is different than a tie game. You miss it, goes to overtime. You miss that field goal. Iowa State loses that football game. When you look back standing over that kick, getting ready for the kick. What was going through your mind? Do you remember? Uh, well, you said it. You remember it like it was longer. It felt like it was longer, too, in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it was, uh, you know, we didn't want to let that one slip away. Um, our defense played a huge game, um, and uh, we had some seniors step up and make some key plays. Um and it's just something that we went out there, and uh, I had confidence in us. Obviously, my confidence was, was at a high um, at that point in the game. You know, some games you go in and, and you don't kick all game except for that last game winner. I had the chance to kind of, you know, settle in a little bit, get, you know, four field goals before that, a couple short ones, a couple longer ones. Um, so I felt more prepared for that than, um, than most kicks. So uh, I kind of had to... Uh, uh, things play out kind of in my favor for that, um, and it uh, turned out well in the end. Did you see the catch, Philip Bates? Brett Meyer hit Philip Bates. Were you were you kicking into a net in case something happened that you were given that opportunity to go kick the game? Where did you did you see the play live uh, that uh, provided you with the opportunity, Brett? I uh, I was kicking in the net, I believe, and I heard the crowd yell and I turned and I saw him make the catch um, funny story about that is uh, you know Brett Meyer talked about it years later and he sat there in the huddle and Philip is just like hey I've got a mismatch on me I've got a mismatch on me um, you know he's like hey, give me the ball give me the ball and, and uh, so he called it he wanted it um, and Meyer Meyer tells the story of uh, he, he says okay Philip if you're out there and that mismatch is on you got it Tap, tap on your right hip. Tap your hip so I know, and I'll give you the ball. And so they go out there, line up, okay? They match up, and Brett said he looks over, and Phillips just jumping up and down, waving, waving his arms. Just <laughs> 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 the ball in this play. <laughs> so they pick him up, and it ends up uh, 
Uh, Phillip made that play. Um, Brett made the pass. And, uh, I mean, he, I think he wrestled for it in the air. Um, so it took some athleticism. Um, and that was, uh, that's always kind of a fun, fun memory and fun story. Uh, kind of, kind of adds to the story. Brett, the maybe missing element of this game when we reminisce back from 12 years ago is after you kicked that field goal, there was still a tick left One, on the yeah, clock. Yeah. And DJK, and there was a bunch of movement, laterals, and, and ball coming back. He returned it all the way back to your 25. So you got the elation of kicking what you thought was a game winner. Then you have to kick off. Take us to that final play. And, and as, as he's making his way up the field, maybe a little bit of concern that came through you and the rest of the team. <laughs> Yeah, well, one second on the clock. Um, I could see that as a possibility playing out um, because stuff like that happens. Um, and uh, I remember in the kickoff, you know, in the huddle on the sideline with the kickoff team, I looked at everybody and I said, this game is not over. This game is not over. Mm. we got to finish this right here, okay? Um, and I remember specifically saying that. And we went out there, I was still a little too still. Um, I think we kicked a squib kick. Probably should have been about 20 yards shorter than it was <laughs> just so they could recover it and we could cover it. Um, uh, but he got that ball, and I remember watching him just pass up guy after guy. And I'm just saying, oh, no, like we can't do this. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, once once we got him, um, I'm glad I didn't have to do that, that dirty work. Um, but uh, we took off for the – the trophy and uh, you know childhood dreams. A lot of guys on the team uh, that are born and raised in Iowa, and it means a lot. Yep. Um, this game means a lot, period. But uh, you know, even playing in that game, it's just uh, it's kind of full circle and means a lot more to you. Uh, you know, while you're playing and after you're playing. No doubt about it. Brett Culberson is our guest. It's Miller and Condon live at Principal Park uh, on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, the life serve. Blood drive until noon. If you have time, come on down here. So, uh, Brett, take us into the locker room after the game. Did Chizik give you a game ball? Uh, do you have any souvenirs from that game, the Culberson game of 07? <laughs> I've, got, uh, I've got memories. Uh, I think I still have that I wore. Um, uh, we gave we gave Chizik the game ball. Um, that was his first win as a head coach, and that that yeah. uh, that's his that's what he does for a living. What he did for a living, um, and that uh, that kind of thing means a lot with what he's done with his life. Um, he's put his heart and soul into the game, so we really thought that was that was important for him to have. Um, and uh, you know, ultimately, I've got uh, a lot of teammates that. Uh, I can catch up with every now and then, and uh, a lot of memories, um, and that's uh, that's really all that I need for it. So, gotcha. Brett Culberson is our guest. Well, Brett, as the as the years go by, he's kind of like that fish, right? He's one pound, and then he's two pounds, and he's certainly he's a five pounder that you caught. That field goal is going to be forty five yards into a into a gusty wind uh, here before he, when you get a gray beard. So, anyways, Brett, listen, thanks for coming on, reminiscing about uh, uh, just one of the remarkable renditions of what is such a special game uh, in the state that we love and live in. Brett Culberson, uh, the hero for Iowa State of the two thousand seven game. 15-13, he kicked five field goals to prevail Iowa State to victory. Shaggy, good to catch up with you. Thank you, Brett. You too. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thanks, good Brett. to talk to you. Brett Culberson.
uh, joining us here at Principal Park. That one sting for you. Do you remember that one? I remember it very vividly. Uh, an interesting component, I was watching the highlights of the game. Iowa State wore the throwbacks that game with the Iowa State across, and they were actually wearing their really? white road jerseys in Jack Trice Stadium for that game. Another element. Yeah, I didn't remember that. You love TV. Yes. What channel was this game oh, on? Oh, God. What channel was this game on? Was it... Oh, what was that channel? What was it? The same channel that the Texas Tech game was on. That was TBS for the Texas Tech. Was game. it TBS? Okay, yep. so it wasn't that. A it wasn't TBS. Uh, I don't know what was it. I don't recall. Well, it's no longer with us. Lifetime. It is versus. What it was Lifetime, right? It, well, lifetime it, to versus. No, to, it turned to outdoor. Outdoor. It was gotcha. outdoor then versus. And now it's NBC Sports Network. Isn't that something? That's what it was back in the day. Different day for the Big 12 and their television contract. Remember Indeed. how awful that oh, was? Oh, it's terrible. Just absolutely terrible. They got it all right those now. Guys, all those games in single death on. I mean, that's, Yeah. Anyway, so no longer the case. But we do have television turmoil, yes, perhaps, we do. as soon as uh, midnight tonight. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We're going to take our last look at Cyhawk. We're going to get a, a Hawkeye reporter and a Cyclone reporter, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. He joins the program now. Next. Then Dylan Mons again, folks. If you have time, please come down uh, Principal Park. Give the gift of blood, and it is a gift. It's the LifeServe uh, Blood Center. They're here until noon. Uh, the process takes, so oh, about 40 minutes thereabouts, but you can get a head start. Where do you go online, Trent, to get a head start filling out your paperwork? If you go to LifeServeBloodCenter.org, uh, that's where you can get started over there. You hit the menu button, and you can get started. Answer a few of the questions online. Get your name in there. Get the email set. Everything set up that way, and you'll get a jump start on the process. And uh, when you're in the chair giving the blood, uh, that process takes seven, seven minutes. minutes. Yeah, Crazy. Yeah. We'll come back. We will get our last look at Cyhawk, Tom Caker, and Dylan Mons. Claxon's still to come. Our picks here till noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Bye. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon live at Principal Park, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Still time to get down here and give blood if you're so inclined. It indeed is the uh, LifeServe uh, blood drive you know, taking place down at Principal Park. We're in the main gates of Principal Park. What color do you bleed? Black and gold, cardinal and gold. Uh, we're here until noon. Trent has given blood. Yes. He did. Feeling good. If you look good. Yeah. You're bouncing yeah. your step. Yeah, feel pretty good about you when you do a public service like that, no doubt about it. Well, let's uh, go inside this game one more time, take our last look on a Friday with Tom Caker and Dylan Montz. Dylan Montz moment, well, in a few minutes. Right now, let's get Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com in here and get his take on the football game. Tom, Trent, and Ken, how are you? Doing well. I just want to know if Trent's also going to be donating to casinos with his picks again this weekend. <laughs> Well, I did oh, see the, a little shock. I, I saw the initial numbers that came out for the first two weeks of gambling that came out from the state and the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Well, how, where, when did they come on? I uh, just it. as I was donating blood inside and some pretty substantial numbers already uh, coming in. The state made, just from their cut, $145,000 in two weeks. Yeah. Total handle over $8.5 million wow. wagered in two weeks. In two With weeks. No football. And guess what? The casinos won. Imagine that. Imagine that, how that goes. <laughs> Tom, they get some of your money, I'm assuming, or did you come out on the right end in the first two weeks? 
I'm doing okay. I'm, uh, you know, about break even. Uh, don't uh-huh. like this week's slate at all, but, you know, we'll, we'll still make some, some donations. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Built some roads. That's right. Uh, let, let's get into the game itself, Tom. What are you hearing injury-wise? What do, you, what do you think is going to happen? Of course, the secondary for I was so banged up uh, coming into this football game. Oja Mudia, really the only, uh, I would guess he's the only guy that's 100%. I mean, Stone's going to play, uh, but he's had some uh, nagging injuries as well. But what are you hearing, Tom, injury-wise, uh, as far as I was concerned, as they get set to take on Iowa State? Yeah, the guy to watch uh, once Iowa gets out on the field is will Matt Hankins be with them uh, in uniform because, um, you know, having covered Kirk for a long time, when he's as evasive as he was when he was asked about Hankins on Tuesday, um, that's generally a sign that there's uh, there's cause for concern there. And then you factor in Julius Brent is not healthy and available, uh, Riley Moss, not healthy and available. Uh, that leaves you with Terry Roberts, DJ Johnson uh, at corner with Ojemudia, and um, you know uh, you've just you got some inexperience at safety. You got Stone banged up. It's just a little scary uh, if you're Iowa, and you know couple that with they just haven't created a lot of pressure up front um, this year thus far, other than Epinesa running wild. Um, the last game, they just they haven't gotten a, a ton of pressure on a quarterback, and you're going to have a pretty good quarterback going up against you and, and Brock Purdy, and that's got to be a little bit scary for Iowa right now. You know, we know Epinesa, he can make moves off the end, make plays that way, but containment staying at home, something that he didn't have to deal a whole lot with. You know, you know that Epinesa is going to see a whole lot here. The importance of the other side, Golson, coming out there and playing a good game, and then not just playing well in the middle, and I think Lattimore's played really well, but also generating a pass rush up the middle with those defensive tackles. When you look up front, how much can they get? And, and maybe in a game like this, could we see even more Davion Nixon? I, I think you're going to see a lot of him. I, here's what I wonder is, uh, you know, what I saw in the spring with Phil Parker and that, uh, you know, the viewing that we had, the final spring practice, which was just kind of a private thing because there were – resurfacing uh, Kinnick was he was bringing a lot of blitzes and we really haven't seen much at all in terms of uh, some different looks from Parker and I, I wonder if we might see some of that on, on Saturday and see him bringing a little more blitz pressure, uh, taking a few more risks just to uh, to keep Purdy off of balance off balance but uh, it's a. I'm just. If I'm Iowa, I'm a little concerned about my my pass defense. But then again, if you're Iowa State, um, you know, and they've only got the one game sample size, so it's really hard to right. judge because you and I is just such a tough game for both Iowa and Iowa State traditionally. Um, you know, it it just feels like sometimes uh, an Iowa State team. Um, the impact of losing in NFL guys like Montgomery and and Butler, it just it feels bigger for them than it does other places, maybe. Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com is our guest. Tom, what is the um, – give me one or two of your uh, – you know, you've given us a couple, but your big keys for this football game. How's How will Iowa win this football game? I think the key matchup is probably 
Iowa's offensive line and Iowa State's defensive line. Uh, they're probably the two best units on the field, I would think. Um, Iowa's offensive lines performed really well. They're running for over 200 yards a game. Iowa State's defensive line is probably the best in the Big 12, I, I would think, if not. I agree with you. It. Yep. Yeah, and and they just they're really good against the run. They've uh, Lima's great. Um, you know, they just they've got all the elements there, and they've got really good linebackers too. I mean, the Orion Vance kids come in there and just he's always been talented, and and he just adds to what they have uh, at linebacker as well. And their front seven's as good as I was going to see all year probably. And uh, if Iowa can run the ball effectively against them then i think i was going to win pretty easily uh but if it's you know relying on family to win the game uh then it gets i I think a little more dicey but there are questions about the iowa state secondary too with two uh you know new cornerbacks this year speaking of that secondary of course the wide receiver group has played really well but it feels like no catches out of the tight end position, something you just don't see. What are your expectations going forward for Nate Weeding? A good blocker, but maybe not much as a pass catcher. What are your expectations for Sean Byer, a guy that's athletic but hasn't been able to stay on the field? Is it they're going to be out there at times, but almost a, a forgotten kind of position this year with Iowa and the wide receiver group? It's starting to look that way, although they did get the ball to Byer quite a bit in the first game. Uh, but since the you know last game, there was uh, I can't remember the last time a tight end didn't catch a ball for Iowa. It's, it's probably been a while, um, and that's just weird uh, that that that's happened in that way. But it makes sense. I think if anybody's going to do anything at tight end this year for Iowa, it's going to be Sean Byer. He's just the most talented kid out of the group, and he's really skilled. But I, I think Weeding's just more of a uh, a blocker type player that's uh, you know just gonna maybe get a couple catches here and there, but that's gonna be about it. All right, Tom. Safe trip over to uh, Story County tomorrow. We will talk to you next week on the bye week. We'll take a look at the Hawks. I hate to say this, their twenty five percent of their season is going to be over oh, uh, as of Saturday, which is just ridiculous how fast it goes. Mm-hmm. But Tom, we'll recap that and look ahead with you next Friday. Thank you, Tom Kakert. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. As we get a last look at the Hawkeyes, let's do likewise with Iowa State. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. Ames Tribune has had a really good week. So has the Register. Some of the stories, the storylines, I love the yeah. fact that kind of gone off the wall or off the board rather with some of them right thinking outside the box and we've seen some good ones no doubt about that uh the the Ames Tribune uh, did a really good piece just the residual effects of having game day and how you can yeah. quantify that I thought that was really well done Travis Hines had a really good he one did, about the yes. origins of a trophy I never knew existed well, did you see the tweet I put out last night no it was aw- Trent it's like a five minute watch on how the Cyhawk Trophy came to be in the video that goes by. A bunch of dudes, bowling. Guys were bowling. Came up with an idea, somehow got in front of the governors, pitched it to him. It's a great watch. Go to my Twitter feed. I'm Ken Miller. Uh, I'm Ken Miller on Twitter if you want to see that. It's, um, look, if you didn't, if you weren't born at the time or you didn't grow mm-hmm. up in the state, which was my case, I learned something yesterday. I love, love learning stuff about this game that means so much to our state. Newspapers still important. Yes, indeed it is. And Dylan Mont, speaking of newspapers from that Ames Tribune, he joins us. Dylan Trenton, Ken, your papers had a good week. Dylan Mont, how are you? 
Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm doing well. And uh, there has been some interesting angles coming out of this week, hopefully, for, for people. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fertile ground uh, to go find some cool stories. So hopefully people check those out. Uh, Hayes and Travis did a really good job on both of their pieces as well. So it's 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 been a fun week. No doubt about it. You know what maybe hasn't been a fun two weeks for, Dylan? I want to get your take on Jaquan Bailey, who, you know, he's, he's such a big part of that of that uh, Cyclone defense. I thought he had a quiet game against you and I. And sure, you and I, their left tackle is good. Uh, but Jaquan Bailey is, you know, he's gone up against some good left tackles, and he's going to see another one on Saturday in Tristan Wirfs. Jaquan Bailey, what's his couple of weeks been like? Because he didn't have the game that many believed that he would as he got set to kick off his senior year against you and I. Yeah, it, it was kind of a different game from what we've come to expect from him. Uh, part of that is maybe uh, getting a little bit more attention from that offensive line from you and I. Maybe some of the linebackers kind of um, took over some of the production maybe he would have had. But, um, you know, coming into the season, he obviously it, it kind of talked a little bit about the facts record and, you know, what that would mean. And, um you know, it, it's something that he thinks about, but not that it doesn't capture his full attention, obviously. But uh, he's a guy that's going to be needed uh, big time on, on Saturday. Um, you know, that offensive line for Iowa traditionally is as good as you'll see across the country. So um, it, it's a big test for that defensive front. And, um, you know, starts with Ray Lima, starts with Denny Wazirike, starts with uh, Jaquan Bailey. So uh, a big day ahead for him, hopefully. Some injuries back there uh, at the secondary. Braxton Lewis banged up. When you look at that spot, and then the young cornerbacks, young in terms of certainly game experience, though both the guys are sophomores out there. Your anticipation, this Iowa passing game, yes, we're talking about an Iowa passing game and doing it with wide receivers, looks different than some of the pass parents teams. Yeah, I asked John Haycock about that um, the other day, just the depth maybe that Iowa has at their wide receiver spot. And, you know, he kind of echoed what Matt Campbell said, and they're as skilled maybe as they've been. Um, in the three previous matchups with Iowa. So uh, it's going to be a test for those guys. Braxton Lewis coming back potentially is big for that group. Um, you know, Justin Bickham had, um, you know, an up-and-down game. Um, having that, his feet underneath him a little bit and transitioning to safety, um, you might see him get a little bit more comfortable. Dayshawn Young and Anthony Johnson uh, are going to be needed big time. Um, you know, some of those matchups will be pretty tough on them as well. Um, but Greg Eisworth is kind of the guy that holds it all together. So, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a test for them, no doubt. Uh, Dylan Mont Safe Tribune is our guest. Dylan, will we see Brock Purdy of old, if you will, <laughs> going all the way back to his freshman year when you know when he was uh, burst onto the scene in such dynamic fashion, running the football with that little pump fake that seemed to work every single time uh, he pulled that. Uh, yet we didn't see that against you and I. And apparently, from what we read, from what we hear, uh, that was on purpose that he uh, uh, that they kind of kept him under wraps. Will we see the Brock Purdy uh, of 2018 when we see him tomorrow? Yeah, I think he'll probably just run just so he doesn't get asked on campus anymore why he had <laughs> right. run in the first game. I think I think that's probably his big thing. But, no, I, I think it's got to be part of the, the game plan and, and kind of the scheme of what they want to do offensively, just given um, still some of the questions at running back. Um, certainly the Iowa defensive line is, um, you know, if it's not part of the scheme that you're going to run just anyway, I think Iowa's defensive line is going to force you to do that. So, um, you know, whether it's a design run, whether it's a scramble, I think you'll see Brock Purdy be a little bit more active. But, um, you know, when the throws are there to make and he can sit in the pocket, if the offensive line 
gives him that kind of time, I, I think he'll see him do that as well. But he'll he'll certainly run more than the you know two sacks that he took and in, in the one run that got went for a touchdown that got called back. So I expect him to be a little bit more involved in that in that way offensively. Dylan, I know you make picks for the newspaper, and I want to get your thoughts on your pick and how confident you are of how you see this game. And the most important pressing question to many people, not Ken and I, but you do know who the game day picker is, right? Are you ready to break that news here on Miller & Condon? You know what? I, I might have to break it in our Saturday morning sports section, so I don't know if I can do it <laughs> okay. yet, But, um, yeah, I think, um, I think Iowa I, – you know, I heard Tom talk about Iowa's the offensive line versus Iowa State's defensive line. I see the, the, you know, the vice versa matchup. I think Iowa's defensive line versus Iowa State's offensive line is going to tell a big story, too. That group has had, um, you know, obviously inconsistencies – the last several years and now um you know if they're potentially without colin newell that shuffles that group again so how does iowa state plug the gaps and fill the holes especially against a kid like aj Epinesa, who matt campbell called a generational talent this week and is probably going to go in the top 10 of the nfl draft next year so um it's a it's a really tall task for them but if they can give brock purdy you know even uh, you know marginal time to go out and make some plays then it, it neutralizes that a little bit but i think that's the most decided advantage that uh iowa has over iowa state Games are won and lost in the trenches, and this one certainly seems like it's going to be. Uh, Dylan, great stuff. Thank you. Uh, again, a big week at uh, Amestrip.com. You guys did a great job chronicling the uh, uh, the game that means so much to, to most in this state. Dylan, we'll recap it with you on Monday. Thank you, Dylan Montz. Sounds great, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, Amestrip.com, and thank you to Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com, as we got our last look at Cyhawk. Well... You ready to do this thing? Give away barbecue or make picks or play the game or watch the game. Let's do all of them. What do you say? Well, we can't watch the game till tomorrow, but we'll give away some barbecue right now. First four callers, 284-5966, 284-5966. We'll give you four games, well, four props. Yes. And we can use player props at Claxons. Uh, we'll do that. We'll give you four props. We'll give you a tiebreaker. If you get the most right, uh, you will get a $35 gift certificate. The runner-up gets $25. We'll come back and give away barbecue as we come to you live from Principal Park. Uh, we are at the LifeServe Blood Drive, uh, Principal Park, just outside the main gate. Still some time left. Not much, but if you can sneak on down here, they'd love. Look, they're not going to, if you're in the chair, they're not going to drive off in the mobile blood bank uh, with you sitting there. I'd uh, love to see you down here if you still have time to do that. Uh, as we continue on here, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Woo-hoo! Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon live at Principal Park on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. The LifeServe blood drive in the final few minutes down here, but there's still time. Uh, so we... We'll be on the air until noon, but this bus won't go anywhere. RV won't go anywhere uh, until the last person is uh, through the process. All right, time to give away some barbecue. Claxons of Altoona makes this possible. We're going to give you four props. Well, three props and the point spread. Mm-hmm. You give us a tiebreaker. If you get the most right, we'll give you a $35 gift certificate from Claxons. The runner-up gets 25 Claxons Barbecue, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. In business, serving barbecue to the folks of that Find uh, city. 
uh, for over 20 years. They have stood the test of time. All right, Trent Condon, who is first up? We got four callers ready to go. Number one on the list today is Bill. Bill, Hawkeye or Cyclone or don't have an opinion on the game, who is your favorite team? Well, the Cyclones. I went to Iowa State, but I think Iowa's going to win. Okay. okay, all right. Well, let's do this, Bill. Here's the uh, here's the uh, questions we're going to throw your way. Will Brock Purdy or Nate Stanley throw for more yards in tomorrow's game? Stanley. Which team will kick the longest field goal? Hmm. Iowa State. Uh, Iowa is a two and a half point favorite. Who do you like with the points? I'll take Iowa and give the points. Iowa and give the points. Will a Cyclone or a Hawkeye have the most receiving yards tomorrow? Uh, a Hawkeye. And here's the tiebreaker. Closest without going over. Total points tomorrow. Oh, geez, that's a good one. 45. 45. Thank you. Enjoy the game. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend, guys. Yep, you do the same. Who's up next, Trent? From Bill, we go next to Tyler. Tyler, are you a Hawkeye fan or a Cyclone fan or don't care? I'm, I'm a Hawkeye. All right, let's get into this. Uh, we're playing for Claxton's Barbecue. Tyler, Brock Purdy or Nate Stanley, who will throw for more yards tomorrow? I'll go with Stanley. Which team will kick the longest field goal tomorrow? Um, Iowa State. Iowa is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like? Iowa. Uh, who will have the most receiving yards, a Cyclone or a Hawkeye? Um, let's go with uh, a Cyclone. Okay, here's the tiebreaker. Total points closest without going over in the game tomorrow. 47. 47. Tyler, thank you. Enjoy the game. Thank you. Trent? Scott is up next. Scott, Hawkeye, Cyclone, don't care. Hawkeye. All right, Scott, let's go. Brock Purdy or Nate Stanley will throw for more yards. Stanley. Which team will kick the longest field goal? Iowa State. Iowa's a two-and-a-half point favorite. Who do you like? Hawkeyes. Uh, which team or who will have the more receive, most receiving yards in the game, a Cyclone or a Hawkeye? I think a Cyclone. All right, total points. Closest without going over in the Cyhawk game tomorrow. 52. 52. Thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Go Hawks. There you go. <laughs> go Hawks. Trent Condon, who's next? Well, our final uh, guy in this week, it is Mike here. Mike, are you a Hawkeye or a Cyclone? Always a Hawkeye. All right, Mike. 3 1 Hawkeye fans. 3 1 Hawkeye fans. Brock Purdy or Nate Stanley will throw for more yards tomorrow. Stanley will. Who has the longest field goal, Hawkeye or Cyclone? That'll be Iowa. Iowa is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Taking the points into consideration, who wins? Iowa, 31-24. Most re- okay, most receiving yards. Will it be a Cyclone or a Hawk? Uh, that'll be a Cyclone. All right, and total points, closest without going over. 31-24 would be 55 points. 55 points. Enjoy the game. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, good to talk to you. And thank you to Claxon's Barbecue, 3131 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona. Well, 
Any of those jump out to you? We had a lot of Hawkeye love there. You're not, I know, officially picking the game. I will tomorrow, but I'm going to. We're going to be a part of the Kicks and you know, pregame show, mm-hmm. which is live tomorrow from eight until noon. Sean Roberts and Emery Songer, and I think all of the Kicks and you know, talkers will participate in some shape, form, or fashion. You and I are going to do. Here's a real career stretch, a gambling segment. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> really? Uh, I'm not going to pick the game, but I will tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick the uh, the total. Okay. I think the game's going to fly over. You do? I do. Everybody keeps saying about low scoring, low mm-hmm. scoring. Trent, when everybody's going one <laughs> way, what do you do? You go back the other way. As, as we talked about at the top, I've gone circles and circles around this game. You know, One thing I, I thought was interesting, so many people are taking Iowa. The register guys, the two Cyclone beat guys are going to pick Iowa. Mm-hmm. The two Hawkeye beat guys are picking Iowa are State. Are they really? It's just, it's so interesting. It's almost, you get too close to it. Yeah, you do. And, and I, I don't know, it's just, it's going to be a fun game, though. That, that environment tomorrow. Oh, my God. I can't wait. No, it's it's going to be special. Look, the game is just, it means so much to our state. I, I say it every year. I don't understand those people that don't want this game to take place. I yeah. really and truly don't. We had a call yesterday. Was it Mike or Mark? For, it was Peyton's his garage. Mark. Mark. Um, you know, we talked about the when the series resumed after that long hiatus in 1977, yeah. the 12-10 game, and the hype surrounding that game. And, you know, for, the, for those people that, uh, you know, were alive during the hiatus and to see that game, and apparently it was, is it going to be played this year? Well, they're talking about it being... But, you know, it's so different now, right? You were talking about it in coffee shops. Or, heaven forbid, you would have to pick up the phone and actually dial numbers and call somebody to talk (laughs) instead of... I I called somebody yesterday. I think they were surprised that I was calling them. That you weren't texting? Yeah, it was a 20-something. It was like, whoa, why why did you call? Well, I had some questions to ask you. (laughs) Um, That happens a little bit. I mean, how did did that game get the hype in the 70s? Well, and and you couple that with the first four games were played in Kinnick Stadium because it was the bigger stadium. Right, they didn't want to play, right. They wouldn't play in Jack Trice, and, and because of the, I mean, just all these different factors, boy, Sports Talk Radio, if it was around in 1976, 77 going into it, mm. how much fun that would have been. And then the beat Iowa jerseys. Yes. Iowa State came out in just on and on and on. Yep. Oh, boy. We're going to see the a great... Walden uh, yes. you know, years later, yeah. that little stuff. Uh, Enjoyed on kicking the field, your ass for the last four years. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Those are, those are what this format was made for. Let's get a little like something that. like that. I, I'd like to see a little bit of juice. Fred Barr, remember his comments? Yeah, I hate I re- red. I remember Fred Barr. But what did he say? I hate red. I hate the color red. I hate those guys. He just went on and on and on. Mm. Let's get a little more juice. A little juice afterwards I think would be fun. Well, speaking um, of juice, we got our picks for the week. We do. and um, The T-Box is yours. You beat me. I did. I've got a one-game lead. You're 7-3 and three on the year. I am 6-4. and four. We're both making money better than... Well, as we saw the numbers that came out from the Iowa Gaming and yes. Racing Commission. The state isn't. Not so much. I mean, the state is. The, 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 the is residents yeah. in the state are not. All right, let's get into it. I've got, uh, well, two games, two, two college, two pro, and a best bet. I like the college slate better this week than I like the NFL slate. Last uh, week, the NFL carried me. Penn State and Pitt is my first game. I'm going to take all favorites this week, which I don't like to do, but I struggled to find a, a dog uh, that I could really gravitate to. Penn State's pretty good. Penn State's better than a lot of people thought. Their defense we knew was going to be salty. The offense was questionable. Clifford, their new quarterback, he's okay. They're running the football. Franklin's got a nice team. Penn State, I think, will uh, pound pit. It's a big number. It's the most points I'm going to have to give up in a game, 17. But I will lay the 17 and take Penn State. BYU, PU. BYU is not a good football team. 
I mean, I have no idea how they beat Tennessee. Tennessee's got awful. USC, they got a freshman quarterback. I don't think they're looking ahead to next week. They've got a colossal game in the Pac-12. Uh, USC is on the road. You have to give four as they go into Provo, which is a very pristine, picturesque stadium. Uh, but I will take the Trojans and lay the four. Those are my two college picks. In the pros, you can't go wrong taking the Chiefs, I don't think, at least until they prove me wrong. Pat Mahomes is just too much. He has too many weapons. Oakland coming off a very short week. They were the last game of the week. Kansas City travels to Oakland for the final time. Think about that, right? Yeah. As Oakland gets set to leave for uh, Las Vegas. I'll take the Chiefs, lay the touchdown. Kansas City minus seven over Oakland. Trent, I've been saying this all week long. Uh, it's your team versus my team. This was going to be my best bet, but I could only find two NFL games, so I had to move it from my <laughs> best bet category. The Broncos are awful. The Bears had a bad week last week. Trubisky will be better, I think. Uh, Broncos had that short week as, as well. Bears cannot afford to go 0-2. They won't. Broncos opened up as a favorite. They are now a dog. Bears minus 2.5. Uh, for my two picks. My best bet of the week. I've been harping on this one since we got on the air Monday. I think for the first time I said it at about 10.15 that I've got a big, big play for you this weekend. <laughs> it's TCU and Purdue. Sindelar is questionable. Their leading tackler, their linebacker was hurt in practice this week. Uh, this TCU team, Gary Patterson's got a terrific defense. They had a week to prepare for this game. The Big 12 goes on the road and knocks off the Big 10. TCU is my best bet of the week. I'll take the Bears, the Chiefs, the USC Trojans, and the Nittany Lions. You have all favorites this I week. I do. I have two minutes, so go. Have all dogs this week. Do Let's you? start first in the college game, a game I've talked about a lot this week. I love Syracuse. They're getting four touchdowns. They played well at Clemson. It continues. I know Dungy's not back at quarterback for Syracuse, but they will certainly stay inside that number. This is a plug your nose and hope for the best UCLA it got to 24.5. There has been some buy, buyback. It's 23.5 this morning. Keep looking at that number. Same thing with that Syracuse game. I think you might be able to get some extra points by the time those games kick off. Right now, for our purposes, 23.5 is what you're getting with UCLA at home against Oklahoma. To the NFL, the Patriots making their way down to Miami. Boy, Miami looked as bad as a team can Oof. look. New England looked maybe as good as a team can look in week number one. Miami, humid weather. New England historically has struggled down there. Huge point spreads in the NFL. Always take the dog, and you do it here too. Plus 19 with the Dolphins. My other NFL pick, I went around and around. I finally came up with the Colts. I think they bounced back. I was impressed the way they played against the Chargers. Titans played over their head in week number one. This is more kind of that fate of week two I talked about earlier. Two teams, 0-1 versus 1-0. There's also a trend about that. I certainly like that route. I'm going to go there and grab the Colts and grab the field goal on the road in Tennessee. My best bet is a line that doesn't make a lick of sense. Maryland, a 7.5-point favorite against Temple. I understand it's at Temple, but Maryland's looked as good as anybody in college football. How about this stat? If Maryland gets shut out in this game, they will still set a record for most points scored in their first three games of the year. They've already broken it with still another game to play. Something's fishy about this line. I don't like that part of it, and because of it, I'm grabbing Temple and going to grab those 7.5. Temple plus 7.5. We got the Dolphins plus 19. The Colts plus 3. UCLA plus 23.5. Syracuse plus 28. 
The dogs are barking this week across football. Indeed they are, at least for you. I've got all favorites. You've got all dogs. Where are you tonight? What high school game will you do when the replay will air at about 1030? Going to make, make, make my way from the to the south side, not too far from here. Be over at Des Moines, Lincoln. They'll welcome nice. in Urbandale. Uh, excited to see that Lincoln program. It's been a few years since I've seen Lincoln, so getting a chance to see them against a good Urbandale team. Of course, Jane Harrell, their outstanding linebacker as a junior, already committed to Iowa. Really good player there. Should be a good one. You'll hear at 1030 after football Friday night. And that gets underway tonight at 6, 630, and then on to 7 o'clock. Uh, Murph and Andy, you two, the Fanatics at 4, the KXNO pregame show tomorrow live from Jack Trice Stadium, 8 until noon. Enjoy the game. Have a wonderful week. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.